0: You love me, no more fears and doubts You love me, you're with me every day You love me, Father lead the way Look back no more Can't wait to see What the Lord has in store Forgetting my failures And days that are gone I'll raise up my voice In a victory song Cause you love me Y'all stand up Always here and now You love me No more fears and doubts you love me you're with me every day you love me father lead the way
1: I want to say something about uh, Brother Neil. It's nice to hear that guitar, isn't it? It's, it's such a talent. Amen. We're so blessed here because of the musicians and people that come through and play and sing for us. And and uh, we, just, we just get the best of the best. And we don't fall behind in anything. Uh, Brother Neil came to our Bible school uh, back in Tulsa. Uh, when we had it there, and um, uh, just uh really caught a hold of the empowerment message you know that every believer can do the works of christ, which is what i 'm going to preach today and uh so we we did the first book, empowerment the second one was the second edition and there 's a of ch- a whole chapter in there uh, uh it was neil 's story actually he wrote that chapter and um, we did a little editing on it, but stuck it in there, and um, it's a real blessing. If you don't have that second edition of the book, it is available in the bookstore after the service. But it's his story of of how uh, in he was um, teaching in a public school in Augusta, Georgia, and uh, area, and uh, the started just praying for the students and w- working miracles right in the classroom and um it went over for a while until believe it or not it's, it it wasn 't the heathens that shut it down. It was some of the some of the church folks from some of the churches that don 't believe in divine healing or the the ones that got it riled up to kind of shut it down isn 't that crazy but anyway, uh such testimonies and all and they 're in that in that chapter and anyway neil 's a um, uh, in spiritually, he's a son in the faith. Um, I'm not quite old enough to be his father, but uh, uh, spiritually, there's a connection there and a great friend. And, uh, um, I was telling Scarlett last night during the time that, uh, that I had that was walking, um, after in my life, after Cherie had passed away, um, Neil was constantly uh, contacting me from Japan, can you imagine? Uh, how are you doing? I'm cons- I'm praying for you. I'm concerned for you, and that meant uh, means a lot, you know. Yes. And uh, you appreciate pe- folks like that, amen. Yes. That'll look after you when you're walking, when you're walking through uh, a dark place. Right. I mean, can you imagine what it's like for a healing evangelist to uh, and a healing minister? To walk in a place where you 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 are not being able to help your family members or something, uh, boy, the devil does a number on your head with that, and uh, well, who do you think you are? you can't even get your own wife healed who do you, you know whatever and he's a liar, yeah. liar, liar, pants on fire, right. and don't you know that his his goal is to get us all to be discouraged and quit, yeah. but you know no matter what anyone's experience is, even if it's the pastor and his wife or whatever, uh, the word of God doesn't change. Amen. The word is the same. And so I say, let God be true and every man a liar. And people say, well, I wonder what happened. Well, keep wondering. Praise the Lord. If you get any insight, let me know. But, uh, you know, we, we can wonder all day long. It's funny how people become instant. Uh, what's the word? Um, uh, theologians. They're instant tr- triple doctorate theologians. All of a sudden, they can tell you what happened. And, uh, it's like, well, I don't remember you going to seminary and getting a degree and uh, explaining the mysteries of God. And, um, even those folks don't know all the answers. It's like Brother Hagan said, well, we do the best we can with the information we have. I tell you what, let's do. Let's win souls. Heal the sick, cast out devils, encourage one another. Boy, this world, in the condition that it's in, needs encouragement, doesn't it? I'm telling you, we need to be lifting up one another. Uh, I'm about ready to get me one of those bumper stickers that says, Make love, not war, because, you know, there's just so much uh, 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 turmoil in the entire world. It's not just in the United States, it's around the world. And uh, so we just need to pray for a healing, don't we? A healing in our nation. Um, You know, I've about lost faith in politics, the government, and everybody, because they all fail at some point. But what we trust in is the love of God that passes all understanding. The peace of God that passes understanding. Amen. How many believe like that? You know, hallelujah. When, when everything else is going down the tubes, the word stands. Thank you, Jesus. Well, glory to God. Let's open our Bibles. Thank you, Pastor Scarlett, for the offering and all that you do here. And you're preaching tonight. Just thought I'd tell you. So that you have time to Prepare. At least somebody prepares here, you know i I get the songs about the time I walk in the door and get the sermon on the way from the songs and <laughs> when you <laughs> when you have an evangelist as a pastor uh you have to tolerate this um inspiration problem is that we preach by Brother Hagan said that prophet's office and the evangelist's office operate off of inspiration it doesn't mean that the pastor can't be inspired but it's a different kind of office so i'm sort of a i'm sort of a uh, an evangelist acting like a pastor but uh nobody's voted me out yet so here i am praise the lord <laughs> it's hard to vote him out if you don't have a vote i don't know there's something about that sort of a dictator i suppose All right. John fourteen uh verse one. Let's see what Jesus said here. Now, this is important. Everything Jesus said is important, isn't it? But this is really important because it's on his way out. He's he's done everything he needs to do. And uh he's he's on his he's on his way towards the end of his earthly journey. So how many know that if somebody's in charge, calls everybody together and says, now I'm on, I'm going to be leaving and this is what I want you to know and what I want you to do. How many believe those words are important? Yes. Those are important words. And there's certain things that he told the church to do. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you could have the short list and the long list. Now, there's a lot that the church needs to do and can do and does do that's on the long list, and it's not that those things are bad. It's not that those things are not necessary, but then there's the short list. We get up to the top three or four things, but then there's finally the number one thing that he told us to do, and believe it or not, it wasn't to have casserole dinners, even though there's nothing wrong with a casserole dinner. Praise the Lord. And if you're in Minnesota, that's all you're getting is a casserole. That's the hot dish headquarters of the universe. <laughs> if they're making Mexican food, it's going in a hot dish. If it's Italian, it's a hot dish. So just get ready. Br- brace yourself. <laughs> but, um, you know, and down south, we don't really call that food. But it's something to keep you from starving but uh um you know we, we we're told, we're nothing wrong with having fellowship, amen. It's important, nothing wrong with having gathering together and breaking bread together and eating together and there's nothing nothing that can be uh um uh, more satisfying than some of those times that we have as saints amen uh With like precious faith and fellowshipping around the good things of the Lord. But um, did you know that's not our number one job is to have fellowship, even though it's important? Our number one job, of course, is winning the lost, winning, winning the world for Jesus. Those who are on their way to hell, and what's sad is most of them don't even know that's where they're heading. They think, well, if I can just be a pretty decent citizen. Well, I thank God for those people that want to be decent citizens, don't you? Aren't you glad that your next-door neighbor doesn't have to get out and recite the Ten Commandments to keep from killing you or stealing from you or doing something awful? Thank God that most people, the majority of people, just follow basic decency, laws of morals, no matter what their religion is or whatever their choice is. But praise God, we know that being in Christ and being a believer is beyond morals, is beyond just being a good citizen. Listen, there's folks from all kinds of religions that practice, you know, uh, c- civil, uh, um, they, they practice civility, you know, as far as living next door to each other and all that kind of thing. Amen. Uh, you could live in many countries in the world and be very safe. In fact, Singapore is so safe, you could walk down a back alley at 3 a.m. and never worry about anybody doing anything to you because, you know, just the laws are so strict and they call it a benevolent dictatorship or something like that. But uh, at any rate, you know, there's places uh, in the world where people don't know Jesus right right here in holiday. There's people that don't know Jesus that might be your neighbors that are really pretty nice people. So it's it's not just a, mo, a, a code of morals, is it, that we're being taught, or just to be a follower of the teachings of Christ. It's beyond that. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's God living inside of us. Yeah. Amen. There's the difference in a true believer and someone who's just kind of, you know, trying to be a Christian in a cultural sense. Praise the Lord. Is this helping you at all? So we um have a very strong belief in the last thing that Jesus said. So it's kinda of like if uh a friend of mine said that he had c had uh four grown children still living at home, and he and his wife went off to as a preacher, was gonna go off to India somewhere to preach and be gone for Several weeks, and when they came back, he said, now make sure, because they were showing the house to sell, you know. And he said, now make sure, no matter what else, see this is the kind of prioritizing, no matter what else, make sure the lawn remains mowed. Because nobody wants to go, you know, through a house that the lawn's up to the, you know, the weeds, it's gone to seed. <laughs> well you know this is the summer and the 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 that grass grows about about as fast as you mow it it just starts growing behind you you know and um especially in oklahoma and so they were out there and they these kids did everything but mow the grass they organized the garage they uh they 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 organized the kitchen it it was he said I, we walked we walked in and thought is this our garage it was so organized and the kids are proud of themselves look dad we organized the garage we organized the kitchen we cleaned everything he said but the grass was up to the windows and it looked like an abandoned property <laughs> <laughs> and they'd got a for sale sign you know in the yard you know to to do something about it well he said you know i so as much as i appreciate what you did do I'm disappointed about what you didn't do, which was the number one thing. People can overlook a messy garage. It's hard for them to look past weeds growing up, you know, when their curb appeal is gone. And so the point was, this is the way it is with Christ. Uh, that T-shirt that Brother Joe Morris sold uh, is so appropriate. Jesus is coming, look busy. And so <laughs> I think that the church... We've we've gotten into a mode uh, over the last hundred years where as long as we're busy, we think we're doing something really great for God. And there may be merit to everything we're doing, but it's not the number one thing. Amen. And the number one thing is not the job of the pastor. It's not the job of the evangelist or the missionary. It's the job of every believer. Every believer. So, amen. So all this is to say, this is God's word to me. Say that out loud. This is God's word to me. Amen. So John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. I I love this for right now. Don't you think this is an uh, an on-time word for today? How many, if you watch enough news, you could get a troubled heart? But here we say, Jesus is saying... Let not your heart be troubled. Wow. You know, I think that's the cure to a lot of sickness. That's the cure to a lot of mental anguish and so forth. In other words, when he says your heart, it's really the 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 correct word there would be soul. Don't let your mind, will, and emotions be troubled. Praise God. Sometimes I just turn off the news. Because once they've told you what's going on, then all they do is repeat it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And, over and, over, and thinking, there's got to be something better to think about. Then, then, and then you get all their opinions. And their opinions are as worth as much as anybody's, maybe two cents. Anyway, he's, he, Jesus is talking. And this if we just stopped here and went home, it would be worth coming to hear. Let not your heart be troubled. Oh, glory to God. That's a word for you today. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not, I would have told you. I would have told you this is not true. I go now to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am you may be also. Isn't that good news? And whether I go, you know. Now this is the part where it gets hysterical. Because he says, whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Or so he thinks, they should know. And Thomas said unto him, poor thomas got labeled doubting thomas the rest of his known life i guess and into two millennia two millennia later we're still calling him doubting thomas but i guess at least you can give him something that he asked the question everybody else is thinking he just got labeled because he spoke up i know what that's like if you're the, if have you ever been accused, I've been accused of this, my friends have said, David says what everybody else is thinking, but doesn't have the nerve to say it. I said, well, it could be fools rush in where angels fear to trod, too. Well, there's a thin line there between bold and stupid, <laughs> and sometimes I've crossed over into stupid land, <laughs> Oh, I won't ask, can I get a witness? Because that could be a double-edged sword. Thomas said unto him, Lord. See, look at Jesus said, you know the way. Look at that. Jesus said, you know the way. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not (laughs) the way. (laughs) Isn't that something? He he just answers him right back. You're wrong. We don't know. Jesus said, you know. You already know it. They're going, we don't know. Isn't that bold? Lord, we know not whether thou goest. And how can we, I add the word possibly, because that's what he's thinking. How can we possibly know the way? See, now that sounds like religion talking right there, to be honest. We don't know anything. We're just lost as a goose, you know. And, uh but you know gentle savior lead us but Jesus is telling them you already know you know where I'm going and you know how to go there yourself not just talking about dying and going to heaven he's talking about operating in the kingdom people say won't it be wonderful when Jesus comes back and sets up his kingdom he already set it up preach pastor Get a little encouragement from the choir, at least. (laughs) Jesus said unto him, I am the way, bozo. Well, he didn't say bozo, but I know he was thinking it, because I'm thinking it. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I don't know, we don't know the way. He said, I am the way. Notice he didn't say, three steps to victory is the way. Nine steps to faith, 14 steps to healing. No, he said, I am the way. Now, this is so important because the Apostle Paul later wrote and said in, uh, remember the Romans 7, O wretched man that I am passage. He said, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Notice he didn't say what. The modern church is obsessed with what's. If we would get as obsessed with who as we do what, we might have something. But everybody's on a program. Well, you need, if you, (laughs) most churches, you ask, hey, I need some help. Well, you, what you need to do is take our 19-step program to, you know, whatever. It's always a what. But here, Paul said, Who shall deliver me? He knew there was only one way to deliverance from himself. He wasn't even saying from the devil. He said from himself. Who shall deliver me from myself? He said there's only one and that's Jesus Christ. Therefore there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Preach, pastor. And so Jesus said, Let me show you again the steps to victory. No, he said, I am the way, the truth. I am the truth. And I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, which completely slays universalism. If you had known me, you should have known if you had known me. Now, this is one of the 12 apostles. You know, not everybody on the team is necessarily as strong as you think they might be. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because here you've got a problem with Judas. Because I've, I've often said to the Lord before, you know, if I had a team member go bad on me, I'd say, Lord, Am I just dumb when it comes to discerning? And I've had the Lord say, well, you know, I had Judas. And then I had Peter, which was problematic throughout. You know, he he would get okay and then go back. And now we have Thomas here. This is three out of the 12 have got some serious problems. And Philip's a problem now. So that's four out of the 12. Uh, this is getting to be some bad percentages here. Because they had walked with Jesus. They saw him walk on the water. They saw him uh turn, uh you, you know, um, water into wine. Or at least they knew the story. They saw him multiply the bread and the loaves and the fishes. Amen? They saw him heal the sick, cast out devils, open blind eyes, cause the lame to walk, and all that. Amen? And yet, they're all... Four of them at least are you know have huge major problems here, so here we have we have Thomas and Philip ganging up. You know they had to talk about this the night before, you know as they were sharing uh uh you know in the bunk room or wherever they were. I don't know you understand they they had to be have said, "I don't know what he's talking about." <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm, a, I'm the only shouter in the place. I'm getting all the shouting blessings. And I'll take them too. You can just sit there. Woohoo! There you go. Too little, too late, brother. <laughs> uh, he said, if you had known me. Ooh, boy, that is kind of stingy, isn't it? This is just a little bit rough jesus if you'd have known me he said in other words you've been with me this whole time and you don't know me now peter knew him because he said you know we won't turn there but in matthew remember uh, jesus said who do you say that i am and peter said you aren't the christ the son of the living god in other words you are the god man you are the man that god lives in that's what he saw He could have gone on and on about the Messiah and the Messianic calling and da-da-da, but he didn't. That wasn't the point, and that wasn't the point Jesus was looking for. He got exactly what he was looking for. Does anybody see, Jesus was really basically saying, does anybody see who I really am? And one of my major purposes for coming to earth. Yes, it was to be the propitiation for sin. Yes, it was to be the price exacted from the just judge for the sins of the world. Yes, it was to die on the cross and resurrect. Yes, yes, yes. But equally important, it was to show the world God's original idea for man to be walking around fully flesh and blood. Fully, you know, you stick uh, stick a man, he'll bleed. Surely, truly, all man, but at the same time, all humanity, but at the same time, divinely dwelt on the inside and inhabited by the spirit of the living God. That's what Jesus came to show and to do. Can you say amen? And that's why he's saying, if you would have known me, if you would have known me, you should have known my father also. This is the whole deal here. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip's still going to, Philip's going to argue. Philip said unto him, Lord. Show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Don't you love King James English. Sufficeth. When was the last time you said that? Jesus said unto him, "Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how?" Sayest thou then, show us the Father. How can you say, show us the Father, when I've been exhibiting the Father the whole time? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak, I speak unto you. I speak not of myself, But the Father that dwelleth in me, this is the whole deal, he does the works. He's trying to show them something cool here. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Stop reading right there and think about this. Where is he going? Why can we do the works? Because he's going away. He's going to tell us. Jump, just for the sake of proving this argument, jump down to verse 16. And when I get there... I, I'm adding that because he's going someplace, right? He's going to the Father. Can you see that? I will pray the Father, when I get there, I'll pray, and he shall give you another comforter, the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. In other words, I've been, you've been walking along beside me. I've been demonstrating the love of God through salvation, miracles, healings, deliverance. I've been doing and and provision. I've been doing God's works while I've been on the earth. Isn't this beautiful? And you've been walking beside me. But as soon as I do my final act, as soon as I finish my course, people say, well, I'm bearing the cross like Christ. Don't flatter yourself. You can't bear the cross like Christ. He was the only one that was worthy to do it. You're not worthy to do it. I'm sorry. You know, Sister Ledbetter thinks she's led better than everybody else, and she, you know, I'm well. This is my cross to bear. No, it isn't. Jesus bore the cross for you, so you don't have to bear it. So stop it in the name of Jesus. You know, straighten up. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's believe. Let's 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 just you know, God would just appreciate a simple thank you rather than all that. How about thank you, Lord. For bearing the shame for me. Yes. Nobody should be walking around ashamed of anything. In that sense. As far as when it comes to spiritual things. Because Jesus paid the price for us. Yes. He took our place. You've got to get the doctrine of substitution. You have to. You have to get that. If you get that. You'll see a lot of beautiful things. Yes. He bore our grief. We don't have to bear grief. He bore our sorrow. We don't have to bear sorrow. Not that we won't walk through grief, walk through sorrow, the sense of loss. It can be the loss of someone physically. It can be the loss of in a divorce or 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 whatever. It can be the loss of finances or position in this world. But I'll tell you what, um, if you'll if you'll let Jesus carry it, you don't have to bear the pain of it. Amen. Amen. You can you can you it's like you can see hell from there, but you don't have to go to hell. Can you say amen? amen? And you can understand what's happening, but you don't have to just be crushed under it. Am I helping anybody? Yes. So do you see what happened here? Jesus said, I've been walking with you. It's only three 3 years, a little over three years. He says, I've, you've been walking with me and seeing me do the works. But he says, soon I'm going to depart. I'm going to finish my course on this earth. I'm going to rise from the dead. I'm going to ascend and I'm going to give you some instructions on the ascension. I'm going to get to that in a minute. And he says, but the works here, he's saying the works that I did, that you saw, the blind eyes, the deaf the deaf hearing, the blind eyes being opened, the deaf ears being opened, the lame legs walking, the uh, leprosy, and we could add cancer to that, you know, incurable diseases. Being healed and those things, amen. People's uh, sins being forgiven, demons cast out—all these wonderful things that Jesus did. He says, "You're going to do those, plus greater than that," amen. And uh, and so they're thinking, "Well, how are we going to do it?" And He's saying, "I'm I'm telling you how. I can only do it because God lives in me." And you're gonna only do it because God lives in you. Isn't it because the price you paid. Well, I I've spent restless nights on my knees so that I could have this healing ministry. Well, if you believe that, it helps you find, but there's really no scripture for it. The truth is, all believers, if they would wake up and smell the coffee, all believers are equipped to do the works of Christ. All believers. Can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Yeah. You don't have to be the pastor. You don't have to be the visiting evangelist. But all believers, praise God, can do the works of Christ. All believers can, can share the gospel. We got it down to about seven minutes. But you can share the gospel in about seven minutes about how Jesus came, how he lived, how he died, what he did, and what you, what you need to believe and what you need to confess. To have him come into your heart and your life. Amen. Yeah. And every believer can memorize that. Every believer can lay hands on the sick. They may feel something in their hands. They may not. In fact, sometimes some of the greatest miracles I've had were almost like I'm on my way out of the building. And somebody grabs me and says, pray for me. And I kind of do, sort of. And then they're the one that's got the, te- they're in the testimony line. And the person you spent three hours with didn't get anything. So it isn't it isn't sweat and labor that heals the sick. It's faith in the finished work of Christ. Am I helping anybody today? You know, I just don't go a lot of places where I hear this. But it's good and it's it's the it's the foundation of all that we do. And so should we have believers' meetings? Absolutely. Should we have healing meetings? Absolutely. But we need it to do it with the thought in mind that it's going to make us better, a better witness. Not just, woo-hoo, I got drunk in the Holy Ghost. Well, if it was really the Holy Ghost and it really touched you, then you should be a greater witness this week than you were before the Holy Ghost meeting. Amen? Praise God. We have to have purpose. We have to have direction. And Jesus gave it to us. It's not like, well, yes, Lord, we seek thy purpose. Well, open your Bible and read and you can stop seeking thine purpose and you can just do it. Amen. I like that Nike commercial they had, just do it. And sometimes we just have to just do it. Amen. Uh, and, and, uh, whether we feel anything or not. Uh, I know that back in the, in the, uh, early, in the, when i started i i worked for Kenneth Hagen for officially officially for seven years, but of course he was in my life before that and then after until uh, he passed away um and um in fact, my mother was with him when he did pass away she was she was fixing him breakfast when he went to heaven but um i'll will um i had a point. To make about that what was it <laughs> help me jesus well anyway it'll come back to me but uh we you know if, if we're not careful if we're not careful we get into a thing where we're, we're we're thinking that our something we've done is is making things happen i know what i said i i was working there for 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 brother hagan and and uh I counted myself a part of his ministry, and in and out till he passed away. But officially, officially, was there seven years. And uh, so when I started David Horton Ministries, we said, uh, "I want to. I'm going to go preach somewhere that's a challenge, uh, because it's, it's like the basketball hoop. You know, how many know that some some famous coach put the small ring inside the big ring?" for practice and so that if the player can make the shot into the little the little uh, ring he can for sure make it into the big one. And so I said well if I go somewhere uh I'll just go cuz these all these traveling evangelists and people out of Tulsa they're all scrambling over the same dozen churches to go to. I said I'll just go where nobody wants to go, you know, as that I'm aware of. And uh, I'll go where they say it's impossible. And I'll just start there. And so I bought myself a tent. Praise God. Somebody introduced me to Rosie Greer. And we ended up going to Watts in Los Angeles. That was my first tent meeting was in Watts. Uh, besides the dedication service that we had in, in Tulsa. And so we went there. And for a week, we, um, uh, Rosie sat down with the head of, each, the Crips and the Bloods, you know, they're all fighting each other. And so uh, who's got what block? So we're at 103rd and in Compton in Los Angeles. And uh Rosie sat down with the heads of the, you know, the gangs. And they said, he said, let's call a truce for truth. That was the name of our revival. A truce for truth. Nobody's going to shoot anybody for a whole week. So everybody agreed to that. And in fact, uh we had... Our own security. The Crips and the Bloods decided they would secure the tent and would be our patrol. If anybody touched anything, you know, they'd have to deal with them. So praise God we had, we had the, uh, we had gang protection for the tent meeting. <laughs> praise the Lord. And, uh, did you know that a lot of those, uh, gang members came by the end of the week and gave their hearts to Jesus? Laid down their weapons and and joined several of the Christian groups that were working in those areas. And I'm telling you, the love of God will overcome everything. Yes. And uh, you know, by the end of that week, I mean, there was such peace and unity and harmony. We did the same thing in Phoenix, in uh, in uh, s- South Phoenix, which is uh, a- again uh, a-, a troubled area. And, uh, I had a police officer come up to me at the end of the week of that meeting. Rosie and I were there. This was in the, in the mid 80s. We proved preaching the gospel will work, man. I'm telling you. And, uh, we had, we had a police officer come to me and said, this is the, in, in a, like a 16 block radius of the tent. s she said, this is the, quietest we we like we don't have anything to do said something's happened in this area and the only thing that we know that's different is this tent meeting nothing else has changed and so i'm telling you you preach the gospel in a place and you lift up jesus and you let the love of god and the peace of god shine through and it'll solve a lot of things amen Amen. praise god and people give their hearts to go christ and they they get it finally they see amen uh Jesus is the answer to America's problems right now. And um, and uh I just love that. I, I noticed in Portland, uh they um, and this doesn't make you know, the evening news, but in Portland there was an evangelist. In fact, Scarlett had said to me, Boy, somebody needs to go to Portland and put up a tent or something, you know, just do a... Just out shout the devil, so to speak, you know, with a, with a tent meeting. And, um, we looked and there's a young man that God's using. He's a songwriter and he's a preacher, street preacher type guy. And he's been having rallies down by the riverfront every night that you see this, um, this, uh, rioting. I'm not talking about, you know, peaceful protesting, but I'm talking about the rioting that, that is going on. Uh, when you see that, um, what they don't show you is, is just a few feet from that, down at the river. There's several thousand people coming to Christ every night during this thing. So, where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. Where there's darkness, let's shine the light of Jesus into into our communities. Amen. Anyway, we had we had some good times. In those days, we did tent meetings for about 10 years. And, uh, if you, if you came to one of our meetings, I mean, you know, people were being saved, healed, uh, delivered. Great, great stuff happening. I mean, real bona fide move of God things. And then we'd have some charismatics come over that would say, we don't understand why you're not having any gifts of the Spirit in operation. I said, well, what do you think's happening? The blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, the lame are walking. Yeah, but your utterance gifts, are weak, you know, we don't, we don't see. I said, what? This isn't a, this is a tent meeting. It's evangelism. It's not a, a time for look not to the left nor to the right. You know, I mean, we're showing them which way to look. <laughs> look to the cross. Look to Christ. Amen. When I survey the wondrous cross, that's what we're looking at. Look not to the left. I call it a Barney prophecy. You know, I love you. You love me. We're one big happy family. You know, Barney the purple dinosaur. You know, I've, and, you know, thank God for the gift of real prophecy and tongues and interpretation. And we need that in the body of Christ. Amen. But uh, there's a time for that. and There's a time for power gifts. And there's a time to for for demonstration yeah. of the power of God. People need their lives to be changed. That's right. How many believe what I'm preaching? Am I preaching to the choir today? And, yeah. But uh, we're also preaching on the Internet. And so, you know, I'm going to say something real bold. If your pastor never touches this, you, you might want to ask him why. Because I was going to say something worse, but I decided to be nice. In my old age, I'm nicer than I used to be. I'm not really nicer. I just act nicer. It gets you farther. You catch more, what do they say? You catch more flies with honey than vinegar or whatever. We don't want to catch flies. This is getting out of hand. I'm in the weeds. (laughs) I just need to. I just need to abandon that golf ball and get in the bag and get a new one, don't I? It's gone, man. The gator ate it. (laughs) Oh, help me, Jesus. I'll be like that girl at Ramah. She said, I got so anointed, I laid hands on myself and fell out under the power. (laughs) That's some power, ain't it? Wah! (laughs) (laughs) Fallout. Oh my gosh. Anyway, he said, I'm going to pray the Father. He'll send another comforter, and he's going to be with you forever. And the implication here is so clear. You will do the same works that I did by the same power, not even a lesser power, but the same power by God the Father dwelling inside of us. Thank you, Jesus. And uh and then look at this. He I, I've underlined this the the way it is here in my Bible. It says in verse seventeen, for he uh latter part of seventeen says, For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now look at uh twenty it says and at that day you shall know that I am in my Father. How many believe that? Jesus is in the Father. And you in me. And I in you. Now, now and I've got a note here. And I'm going to obey it. Because it's good. <laughs> Look, go to Acts 1.8. And then you see the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're a Pentecostal church here. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues. That doesn't mean that's the only evidence, but it's the initial. But I have said this in criticism of my own Pentecostal background. I'm a fifth-generation Pentecostal. My great-grandma spoke in tongues and wore her hair in a bun. No makeup, no nair, nairs of the devil. <laughs> but um, like T. L. Osborne said back in those days, breathing might be a sin if you enjoy it. Uh, Acts one, <laughs> but I'm going I'm to be just a bit critical of Pentecost, and this is in just in this sense. Not Pentecost, but Pentecostalism. And that is, if we would have made as big a deal on, about the purpose of the baptism as we did the manifestation of the baptism, I think we would have gotten more people on board. Because we put the emphasis on speaking in tongues as opposed to the emphasis being the purpose. We're not filled with the Holy Spirit just so that we have the luxury of speaking in tongues. That's just a given. That's just part of God's communication system. Between us, he says, if we speak in an unknown tongue, the Father knows what we're saying, but even our own intellect can be uh, uh in the dark. But we know that we're speaking mysteries under the Father. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Praise God. Yes. But it doesn't mean that that's the end of it. The purpose of the power is not so that we can just speak in tongues and do the chicken dance. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying some people that's the end of their experience. But the purpose of tongues, I mean the purpose of the power is to be a witness and Jesus said it. Well, I think we could have got a lot of the Baptists on board with that because they love they love soul winning and and all and if we could have shown them Y'all could be more powerful than you already are. Instead we'd we'd we in our group we'd rather send them to hell for wearing lipstick. I mean, what a ridiculous choice to make. Uh you know, pick out just some dumb thing and say, Well, we can't have fellowship with them, you know, they wear earbobs and lipstick. Uh, I I like what Brother Hagin said one time. He said if the barn needs painting dear God get you know, anyway, that doesn't go over. That's about as incorrect as it can be in, the, in these days. But <laughs> you know, uh I mean, I, 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 I I'm going to shut up on that anyway. Acts one eight, Jesus said, "Ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall do the chicken dance." No, I, I love the chicken. I, lo- I love, I love the, I love it when we get to going with the music and hey, amen, people clapping hands and shouting. We've had a few times like that here. I, I'd, I'd be happy if we had it every time. We've got something to shout about. Amen. Yeah. We've got something to praise him about. Right. We've got something to run up and down the aisles yeah. over. Fine with me. Hang from the chandelier. Pay for it if you break it, but you know. <laughs> I don't think we can get, these are antiques, praise the Lord by now. But, uh, you know, I, we got something to shout about and folks that come in a little nervous, you know, I don't know, they they, they just a little too loud for me. It's like, well, you don't know what they were delivered from. You don't know what they've come through. Amen. I got a lot to praise them for. And I'm, I'm planning to be on the front row of the praise committee in heaven. I'm going to be on the front row praising and shouting don't you yes well let's get on the front row here right. praising and shouting Amen. well and he says you shall receive the holy ghost and after you shall receive power for what for what if you got to keep asking that question for what come upon you you shall be witnesses unto me both in jerusalem That does away with this business of uh, don't witness to the Jews because I think there's some Jews in Jerusalem. Pretty sure. And in all Judea, there's some more Jews. And in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, that would include now the uttermost parts of the earth include all of us no matter where we're all from. Amen. If you're from earth, you're included. Now, if you're from another planet, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen folks walking around that you wondered, you know, right? Have you ever wondered what would possess them to wear that, you know, Um, an aluminum foil on their head, you know, but if you're from the earth, you're included in this verse. Well, who's going to do the witnessing? It says we are. We're going to do the witnessing. People say, they like to pray, I send the Holy Spirit to the north, the south, the east, and the west. Sounds exciting. But the thing is, is you can't recommission the commissioner. <laughs> like the military, you know, they call you in. They say, I'm giving you this commission. And you're going to be in charge of this. And then you turn around to the general that commissioned you and say... But, yea, I commission you. You can't uncommission by recommissioning. Amen. Would be to God that we could commission the Holy Spirit and the angels to do our job for us. Now, the Holy Spirit has a job. The angels have a job. But we have a job, too, as believers. Can you say amen? All right, praise the Lord. That's enough preaching, ain't it? Let's lift our hands and thank God for the word, for the truth, for the love, for the life. Father, we thank you, those that are listening uh, on the Internet. And usually there's uh, quite a number. Sometimes 300 are watching us on the Internet. And, Father, we just reach to them. If you need healing, just put your hand where you're suffering. In the name of Jesus, I command sickness and disease to leave I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and growths and abnormalities to fall away, heart conditions to be healed, liver conditions, kidney conditions, brain conditions, nervous conditions, all kinds, all manner of systems in the body be healed, be whole, be strengthened, be full of the Zoe life of God, filled right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, be healed and whole. Be healed and whole. If you're having mental torment or mental uh, problems, in Jesus' name, we speak to that. If there's evil spirits involved, you must loose these people and let them go in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your healing touch in every way. He heals us everywhere we hurt. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Those that are watching that may not be believers, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. I thank you that you shed your blood for me. And I declare myself a son of God or daughter of God today. And I and I commit to follow Christ all the days of my life. I'll tell you, that's all it takes to just invite Christ into your heart. He's standing at the door and knocking and wanting to come in and transform you in every way. Lord, we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.